0: So we're just now finding out that apparently Macaulay Culkin and Brenda Song are married, and maybe it's just my really bad sense of time, but I feel like there's an age gap there, and I'm curious. So uh you wanna look up Macaulay Culkin real quick and I'll look up Brenda Song.
1: Yeah, so um Alright, she's thirty five. Macaulay Culkin is forty three. That's not that bad. No, no, not at all. Okay.
0: Not as bad as I was thinking. Doesn't matter. Yeah.
1: Welcome to Under the Bridge, everybody. Welcome to Under the Bridge.
0: I'm Cody, aka the Scarlet Troll.
1: And I am Greg, a.k.a. Greg.
0: And this is possibly the trashiest intro we've ever done. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, just a little bit. <laughs> but I was curious, now that that it, factoid is in my brain. Yeah, say so bonus point's on the trash if my microphone picked up me throwing my phone on my bed. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Fun fact, factoid is not a word. Or at least, it's not a word that means what you think it means. Oh, really? No, a factoid is is, is a fake fact.
1: Oh, is it a, a mix of, like, fact and tabloid or something like that?
0: No, yeah, it's just, it's it's a, it's a made-up little fact, and now it's just kind of been shoehorned into meaning a little fact.
1: How the tables have turned. That's English, baby. Like DJ Premier. Did we introduce ourselves? We did. We did introduce ourselves, oh, yes. Oh, man.
0: <laughs> tells you what kind of day we're in for. before we get started, mm. I want to thank everybody who showed up to It Came From Under the Bridge, Under the Hood edition, because people actually showed up, and that means a lot.
1: Yes, they did. Thank you very much for showing up. Thank you very much for being wonderful guests for both our show and also for our Trunk or Treat as well.
0: Yeah, I mean, the Trunk or Treat wasn't ours, but it was a thing that happened at the same time.
1: (laughs) Yes, yes, And either way,
0: everybody turning up for that is appreciated and great. Make sure to check out Unlimited Video Games. They're a great game store in the Tampa area. Definitely the greatest in that area. Yes. But uh, possibly, possibly in all existence.
1: Yes, and it is their trunk or treat. I misspoke a little bit. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
0: They do all kinds of sick events, and who knows? Maybe we'll do more. It came from under the bridge. Eventually, mm. we'll see. Right. News time. I've, I've, I've dithered, I've dithered about enough. I have dilly dallied, and I'm running out of synonyms. You ready to hear some stupid stuff from Nintendo?
1: Oh boy, Nintendo being stupid? Perish the thought. Is it hardware related? No, it's community tournament guideline related. I thought Nintendo pretended that those didn't exist. Well...
0: (laughs) That was actually a little bit higher than I was intending to go with that. (laughs) Yeah,
1: I cut you off several times.
0: (laughs) Oh boy, that's gonna be fun. So, they posted some new community ah, community tournament guidelines for Hmm. Japan, UK, and now Nintendo of America websites. Here's some highlights. Community tournaments may not generate commercial revenue except as permitted by these guidelines. There's a cap of Mm -hmm. 200 participants in person or 300 for online tournaments. What? Organizers may not receive compensation from third-party sponsors and may not sell
1: food, beverage, or merchandise. So, basically, it's still not a tournament, then.
0: (laughs) No spectator fees for online tournaments. Oh, What? Okay. These are all for, like, small-scale, like, non-licensed by Nintendo ones, but that's still like, who are you to tell people that?
1: Yeah, and also, it's the thing of like, alright, we have our rules, and our rules basically say, you're not allowed to have tournaments. (laughs) Because they're basically putting limitations on on a lot of the things that make tournaments happen to begin with.
0: And, yeah, okay, it was a stupid question to go, who are you to say that, because they're the ones who own the license to the games. But, may I make a counterpoint? Mm. Nintendo's actual tournament scene, competitive, is terrible. They're terrible at it. Yeah. So your options are either play by our garbage rules or don't play at all. <laughs> yeah. Which is a, yeah, it's that... an over-exaggeration of this, but it's it's really not hard to feel some lines being drawn in the sand here.
1: Yeah, it's it's still the thing of like, if you want your community to feel like that you actually acknowledge them, this is not the way to do it. <laughs> nah.
0: Hey, glad you guys are having fun. Now stop immediately.
1: Yeah, it's like, hey, glad you're having a good time. Now now cease, stop. Literally, it's the meme of Nintendo being like, stop having fun.
0: <laughs> <laughs> cease that at once! Mm. Oh man, this is sad.
1: It is very sad.
0: One wrote, back to the old days, tournaments will be held in restaurant basements. It's going to be cash entry only and Project M is going to be there.
1: <laughs> ah, the good old days. Or just the old days, probably.
0: <laughs> I really don't get what they what they gain by making these.
1: Yeah, because Nintendo's known for, or like, I remember seeing like back way back when a few years ago that Nintendo was like, yeah, we don't really want people to do tournaments for our games or have us be involved in that. But it. I was like, what the hell? Such a great way to build your community and all that. And then they were like, okay, we have rules now. Our rules still basically say you can't really have tournaments. Because again, oh. it's limited. Mm.
0: Oh, here's a good point. Alright. One of the stipulations is you can't use game consoles, accessories, or software not licensed by Nintendo. And the counterpoint's being raised that there are disabled gamers that use third party accessories to be able to play the games.
1: You know what? Never even thought about it. No, and actually, you just reminded me of a thing that apparently came through on Microsoft's thing this week, too. Oh, no. Hit me with it. I mean, I didn't really read too deeply into it, but apparently Microsoft's going to be rolling out some kind of updates or whatever on for Xbox. It sounds like some point, relatively soon, right? Where it's effectively going to make like third-party hardware, as far as controllers and stuff like that, that aren't Microsoft-related, not function on their consoles. Apparently, one Dicks. of the big reasons, yeah. Apparently, one of the big reasons this is being done is that for some like aftermarket like mouse and keyboard setups they have basically features that don't you wouldn't find on like a normal mouse and keyboard and the authentication for a controller can be bypassed as long as you still have a normal Xbox controller plugged in so this is apparently supposed to stop people from being able to do that cuz evidently cuz I don't really play a lot of like competitive console shooters It was a big problem that people were using these custom keyboards to more or less cheat and gain an advantage over regular players. Which, it's one of those things where I understand, but at the same time, you're probably cutting out a lot of people that use that stuff. Namely, disabled players. (laughs) You're shooting yourself in the foot because you don't like how you painted your nails. Yeah, effectively. like It's one of those things where it's like, it does make sense... I get it, but it still feels like not a great thing in the long run, I suppose, especially if you're someone who, if you have a custom thing that is tuned to what you need and you can't necessarily afford like the honestly pretty amazing disabled controller pad that Microsoft makes for the Xbox. You kind of get a little bit up shit creek at that point. Gross. Hmm.
0: Anyways, company's gonna company, I guess.
1: Yeah, pretty much, unfortunately.
0: Doesn't mean I have to like it right yeah i'm gonna continue to razz them about it (laughs) nintendo i like a lot of your i like a lot of your properties but you make it hard
1: yeah that's you know what's funny is that i don't own any nintendo stuff i mean i have one nintendo switch game that's still sealed even though i don't own a nintendo switch but that is my thing with nintendo at this point it's like man you guys do make some good stuff but your decision making process is very frustrating a lot of the time. <laughs> Rather skewed, one might say. Mm-hmm. It's hard
0: to be a hard to be a gaming fan these days. Indeed. Much like it's hard to be a Spider-Man
1: fan. <laughs> oh no, I don't like this segue. <laughs> That's
0: right, we're going back to your favorite thing. It's more Ultimate Spider Man news.
1: Oh boy, what do we But the
0: good news is, we eat in the night, boys, because it's been confirmed. The new Ultimate Spider-Man, coming from Jonathan Hickman, has Spider-Man and Mary Jane married with kids.
1: So we're not going for Peter Parker being miserable then. <laughs> <laughs> yep,
0: yep, 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 yep. Jury's still out.
1: Don't jinx it. Uh, they're gonna do something. They it's always not do.
0: single misery.
1: It's not si- it's married misery now. It's yep. you heard a couple's therapy. Welcome to couples misery. <laughs>
0: uh, Anti therapy. in a statement to marvel hickman said when we decided that we were going to do a book about an older peter parker becoming spider-man we really wanted to lean into him starting his superhero life from a very different place than what's traditionally expected peter and mj being married is one of many decisions we made that underline this being quite a different kind of spider-man story and isn't that just tragic to read
1: (laughs) yeah Man, that really does say say a lot on its own, doesn't it?
0: (laughs) One more day was like 15 years ago at this point. Mm. Oh, God. (laughs) An editorial's still fucking us over on that one. Right. Well, joke's on you! I'm gonna buy, like, five copies of this! (laughs) That's an exaggeration. I'm gonna buy one, though. And I don't collect Mm. single issues anymore, because they're terrible. They're stupid they're impossible to organize in a way that makes them pleasing to display on a shelf and still actually not have them take up way more space than they should. Right. But I will bend this rule that I have established for myself because if it gets us that much closer to restoring the marriage in the mainstream continuity, which is not as big a deal as I'm making it out to be, but it bothers me. (laughs) It bothers me because it's for such a stupid reason And the fact that Spidey is continuing to reap the quote-unquote benefits of this stupid, morally bankrupt, irresponsible deal because Editorial decided, we can't have him get divorced. That's too messy. Let's have him sell his marriage to Satan. What's their idea?
1: (laughs) Fucking idiots. We can't do that. That's cruel and messy and it's too hard, too close to home. We'll just have him literally make a deal with the devil. I'm sure our readers will be able to agree with that.
0: (laughs) One of these days I'm going to have like a whole... I'm going to just do a whole thing about the spiral Spider-Man's been in, but Mm. not today. Right. Anyways, I'm very much looking forward to this. And so help me God, if anything happens to either of those kids, there will be hell to pay.
1: Oh, there's two kids? Yes. Oh boy.
0: Unlike the kids in Zeb Wells' run of Amazing Spider-Man where people were cheering when they died.
1: <laughs> Why? Well, okay,
0: they weren't they didn't die so much as they got erased from existence because they weren't actually real. It was a WandaVision division situation. And also, they weren't they, they they were they were some imaginary children who MJ and some other guy who was made just to keep her away from Peter adopted oh, no. when they were stuck in a hyperbolic time dilation no. dimension. Because, yeah, Spider-Man's not allowed to be happy.
1: Man, that sounds like, God Almighty, it almost sounds like the comic equivalent of like the end of The Disaster Artist. Where it's like Tommy is just like in the room, just getting ready to off himself. And everyone in theory is like, do it, do it. It's like, <laughs> is that the reception to the kids?
0: <laughs> <laughs> Closer than you might think.
1: Uh, <laughs> that's, that's not good.
0: <laughs> Closer than you might think. No, what it is. Mm. Oh, God. Damn it. And just The worst part is, they did a whole thing of like, oh, Peter and MJ are separated, and also the superhero community hates Peter, and nobody will tell you why. We're gonna spin our wheels for a bunch of issues and leave you guessing, and then the answer's gonna be stupid and unsatisfying. Kinda like, why can't Thor pick up Mjolnir? Cause Nick Fury made him sad!
1: Don't think about it, just accept it. <laughs>
0: yeah, I'm gonna move on now. I think I've All dunked right. on this enough. Alrighty. We got a positive update on Daredevil, which... Thank goodness.
1: <laughs> That's good. That is they, good.
0: They, 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 Marvel Studios has hired their first ever actual showrunner.
1: Are they still making a big deal about the fact that they have showrunners now? Uh,
0: it's it's kind of tapered off.
1: Okay, as I say, are they still making a big deal? It's like, look, guys, we have this thing that every successful piece of like TV and movie media has had for like the last fifty years, <laughs>
0: and we're only doing it because we've been strong-armed into doing it by the writers' strike.
1: But look. We're progressive.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Aren't aren't we benevolent?
1: Yes. Oh, man, so,
0: no, the showrunner is gonna be Dario Stardapane, who, uh, Mm -hmm. perhaps most relevant, was a writer on several episodes of The Punisher.
1: Okay. I can get behind that.
0: Also, Justin Benson and Aaron Moorhead, the co-directing team who are responsible for directing some episodes in Loki Season 2, are gonna be helming the remaining episodes. Okay. Which, so far, Loki Season 2 has been pretty fucking baller, so... Alrighty. I'll take it. I mean, a lot of it has to do with just the fact that, you know, there's real goddamn sets, which apparently they had to fight super hard for. (laughs) Which is disappointing. Very. Remember when Marvel used to do a lot of stuff? Like, actual, physical, and just touch it up with CG? Yeah. I mean, I know a lot of studios used to do that, but it feels worse for Marvel, because, like, Iron Man... Iron Man armor used to feel like it was there. Yeah, yeah. And now armor suits in general feel increasingly less there. Because they're not. Because it's yeah. all just CG. Right, right. And that's because we gotta meet ever increasing deadlines because our benevolent Mouse Overlords keep demanding more content to feed into the machine. ha! <laughs> Sorry. Grind up those franchises <laughs> 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 Anyways, good news on Daredevil. It's... I, who knows how long it's gonna be delayed, too, because the actor strike is still going on. We'll see. Mm-hmm. Right. But, uh... Hey, the guy who wrote Punisher episodes, good, good. That's a good show. Still haven't finished season two, but season one was
1: really nice. Oh. Oh. See... Hmm. Man, season two's a good time. Season two is not as good as season one, but it's still a good time. Huh. Alright. Yeah I, yeah, I remember watching the whole thing through... Um, like, I think, like, literally, like, the week it came out, and I binged it, and that was a mistake.
0: (laughs) God, I remember doing that for the first season of Daredevil. Crazy. Mm -hmm. Right. That was damn good, though. Oh, indeed. So, here's a bit of news that I'm probably going to not like how it makes me come across to give my opinion on this. Hmm. Apparently, certain cinema, certain theaters are putting intermissions into Killers of the Flower Moon. Ranging from six to fifteen minutes. Okay. And while Scorsese has not weighed in on it, the film's editor, Belma Schoonmaker, said, I understand that somebody's running it with an intermission, which is not right. That's a violation, so I have to find out about it. So uh, it sounds like no. they're gonna <laughs> it sounds like they're gonna raise a whole fuss about this. And on the one hand, I can see it from the argument of Apparently that wasn't in an agreement, so it wasn't, Mm. the film wasn't made with an intermission in mind. Okay. So on the one hand, I can get that. On the flip side, if you're making a three and a half hour movie, might be a little considerate to have a, to, to to expect that. Yeah. Because, like, what happens when it goes to home? What happens when it goes on a streaming service that's inevitably going to put ad breaks into it? Oh, Yeah. That didn't, you didn't think of that?
1: Yeah, it's like, for me, it's the thing of like, all right, if there's like an argument of artistic integrity, that would be kind of an argument I could get, but at the same time, it's one of those things too, where it's like, unless there is like a actual legal thing saying no, no intermissions, saying you're going to like track down whoever's doing that, it does not make you sound good.
0: (laughs) Even if there's a thing saying no intermissions, it's also a case of like, from a practicality perspective. You should have made it with an intermission option.
1: Yeah, like, well, basically yeah, that, like, with an option or at least edited in a way where it's like if someone does decide to do an intermission, it doesn't, like, disturb the flow too hard.
0: Not the least of which because, I hate to break it to you guys, the theater industry is still not in a good place. People yeah. are not really turning out for everything anymore. Mm-hmm. Don't get me wrong, there are movies that are still doing well. Case in point, Mario Brothers and Barbie and Oppenheimer are cleaning up. Right. But you're not getting people in the same way that you were in 2019.
1: Yeah, and with that as well, I feel like there's a I don't I mean granted there weren't I feel like there weren't really a lot of regular entry 3 plus hour movies before the pandemic. But definitely now, you have to make a very compelling argument to get someone to sit in the theater for three hours for your movie.
0: Especially when they can just wait a couple months and then it'll be on streaming, and then they can pause it whenever they damn well please. Exactly. So, like, you want people to get out there. If you're gonna make a movie that long, you gotta make some concessions. It, right. Like letting people go buy more concessions.
1: <laughs> Let's all go to the lobby. No!
0: Don't you put that evil on me! <laughs> <laughs> That's literally what that's for. <laughs> we are not taking intermission at this time. The show will continue. <laughs>
1: okay, then.
0: <laughs> I will run this with an iron fist. <laughs> but not iron fist.
1: But not iron fist.
0: God, that fucking plane crash. Mm. I never want to see it again in my life. For real. Here's a bizarre thing. Alrighty. So obviously there have been a lot of overhauls at at, at DC with James Gunn and Peter Saffron taking over. hmm A lot of projects that were moving forward suddenly weren't anymore. Right. But you know what's apparently still happening, or at least hasn't been canned? Mm-hmm. Constantine 2!
1: So has that just been in development hell this entire time?
0: No, I mean, it, it, they only announced it, like, last fall that it was still happening.
1: And, oh, I for some reason, this was announced ages ago.
0: <laughs> no, this just got announced last year.
1: Oh, okay. And
0: apparently, it's still going on. Huh. There's no script yet, but apparently, the director Francis Lawrence, Keanu Reeves, and producer Akiva Goldsman are still hashing out the story. So they're,
2: hmm,
0: they're still expecting this to go forward. Okay. I, I like Keanu Reeves. I like him a lot. He's a great actor, and from what I can understand, a veritable an absolute Chad incarnate of a human being, like <laughs> just a genuinely really great person, right? But fucking why, <laughs> Constantine? Too?
1: Because we can, damn it. We've got well, maybe not loads of money, but enough money.
0: <laughs> I, I don't think that's true. <laughs> Well, I guess Warner Brothers did get a pretty big influx from Barbie, so maybe that's mm. where it went.
1: Yeah, it's like, ooh, all these residuals, yes please, om nom nom.
0: All this box office money funneled into Constantine too. Yep, right ah. from the furnace. <laughs> there it goes. It's not even a good Constantine movie. Mm. It really
2: isn't. Right.
0: I guess we'll find out, though. Who knows? Maybe yeah. Maybe we'll get yeah. like more of an actual Constantine out of this one. I don't know. Eh, who knows. Perhaps wisely, Warner Brothers has, however, apparently pumped the brakes on the Fantastic Beasts
1: movies. I didn't know they were still making them.
0: Well, if you remember, the original plan was for it to be five.
1: Oh, I thought the most... I mean, I haven't seen the most recent one, but I thought the most recent one was supposed to be the end of that.
0: Well, it is now,
1: but originally they were going to make five. I say, well, what else is there to talk about then? Like,
0: no, I mean they just they just they just slammed an ending on it. Apparently, I haven't seen it because the franchise was kind of was was kind of spinning out. Okay, so they were just like make make this one work as a conclusion.
1: Okay, yeah, but no, but that's my thing. Then it's like if they made that one work as a conclusion, then it's like, all right, we made it work. It's over. All right, so what are we doing next? We're making another one. I wait. What we are? <laughs> Yeah, just because it's over doesn't mean we're over. It's like, no, it really should, probably. <laughs> so while
0: talking with Total Film Magazine, director David Yates said, With Beasts, it's all just parked. We made those three mm. movies, the last one through a pandemic, and it was enormous one, but it was tough. We were actually filming when there wasn't a vaccine. Thankfully, no one got sick, <laughs> but we did have the most detailed protocols in place. We're okay. also proud of Fantastic B Secrets of Dumbledore, and when it went out into the world, we just needed to sort of stop and pause and take it easy. The idea that there hmm. were going to be five films was a surprise to most of us. Joe just mentioned it <laughs> spontaneously at a press screening once. No one had told us there were going to be five. We committed to the first one. I'm sure at some point we'll be back, but yeah, I haven't spoken to Joe. I haven't spoken to producer David Heyman. I haven't spoken to Warner Brothers. We're just taking a pause.
1: That's... <laughs> I feel like that's not a good look. If it's like a thing of like, oh, by the way, a five movie series. Like, wait, what? Five? Did, did you guys hear about five? I didn't hear about five. We're doing five of these. <laughs> huh. That's that's not that. Nothing about that sounds good or promising.
0: <laughs> no, welcome to Warner Brothers' approach to franchise-driven storytelling. It's why war. It's why DC is in the shape that it's fucking in. Hmm. Because they're Jeez. really bad at overcommitting the plans. Right. It's actually kind of biting Marvel in the butt now too, because now it it used to be we didn't we didn't know their plans super far in advance, and now we do. So every change that they have to make as a pivot makes it seem less good. Yeah. But you know, uh, hopefully no more Fantastic Beasts. I saw two of them. That was enough. <laughs>
1: <laughs> i i i saw too, this oh my god the 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 whole thing of grindelwald vaping the predict and predicting world war Two will probably live with me until i die <laughs> oh I it's like there's like something that. wrong with
0: piglet he's killed my wife
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah pretty much I love it. <laughs> There's something wrong with world. There's tiger tanks coming out of his mouth.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and then this bit of news is, uh, it's one of those ones I like to call one for me. Because no. Alrighty. we now have news that David Robert Mitchell and Micah Monroe are reuniting on They Follow, a sequel to 2014 film It
1: Follows. Horror movie, I'm guessing? That's the one about.
0: That's the one about basically the uh,
1: ST demon. Why do I not remember anything about this? Uh, feel... I'm not sure if
0: you watched that one.
1: I mean, I probably didn't, but I feel like that's still one where I would hear about it in some capacity and re- and know immediately talking about it. There's an ST demon. On well, the I mean, that's
0: not what it actually is. That's just a it's just a that's just a cutesy nickname that some people have given it. The idea is, it's a murderous supernatural thing. That just slowly follows you, and when it catches up to you, it will kill you, and the only- there's no way to stop it. All you can do is uh give it a new target by having sex with somebody else, and then it will follow them oh. and kill them, but it works its way back
1: to you eventually. Oh, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, I never saw the movie. Well, we gotta fix that. I- I- <laughs> I think I remember like reading up on it at one point. I mean, I do want to watch the movie, but I think I remember reading up on it at one point point going, it's like, all right, I, I, I see what you're doing. I like the, the idea. It still sounds a little, eh? like it's one of those things where it's a topic where you have to do it in a very particular way to get people to stick with you. Oh,
0: it's a silly eh. fucking concept. Yeah. <laughs> but it's one of those ones where like, the idea of it is terrifying, and that, mm. that goes a long way fair. And it's a pretty good execution here and there. I had a good time watching that one. Alrighty. So yeah, Mitchell is going to be back as both writer and director, and Micah Monroe R- is going to be Jay Height, the lead character from It Follows Again. I wonder if this is going to be one of those ones where they just, like, kill her off in the first five minutes.
1: It's like, oh, you thought you had it good? Well, surprise! <laughs> you're dead! Yeah, you're you're a bit dead. Oh man, good times. <laughs> Hmm.
0: So yeah, I'm excited for this. I'm very excited. It's still spooky season. Frankly, in my house, it remains spooky season until Thanksgiving is done. So I'm just gonna gonna keep that horror train rolling. Fair enough. But for now, let's go to the actor
1: strike. Oh boy.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Pay your fucking actors. In some good news, we might be getting close to the end.
1: This is the end... I, DMCA... <laughs> Sorry.
0: No, that was pretty good. Mm. Uh, SAG-AFTRA and the AMPTP have continued negotiating. Allegedly, they are close to a deal, although it's been cautioned the situation is still fluid. Mm. A guild source talking to Deadline said, there's a feeling of optimism. Looks like we're in the final stretch.
1: Okay. Yeah, because I was getting ready to say, it's like, oh, they're close to a deal. Where have I heard this before?
0: <laughs> yeah.
2: Mm.
0: Although, uh, Chief Negotiator Duncan Crabtree Ireland did caution that he wouldn't hazard a guess as to when the strikes will be over, and that's as of Monday morning, or that's of this morning, rather. Okay. He said, I think that depends on the mindset that everybody brings to the table this week. I certainly hope we can move things forward quickly, but there are important issues that are still open, and until they're done, there's no deal.
1: Mm. Fair. stand your ground. Yep, I don't... Mm. Okay, maybe not the best word choice on my part.
2: <laughs> yeah, I don't know how I feel
0: about that statement, living in Florida. <laughs> Anyways. Mm. Gonna gonna just leave that sitting there.
1: <laughs> just Let it sit there and fester.
0: Uh, the two sides were in talks over this weekend. I believe they weren't talking today. They were just kind of discussing amongst themselves what to do rather than negotiating with each other. But they Mm. are expected to proceed with bargaining this week. So Okay. We'll see how that goes. We will we'll just have to see.
1: Yeah, it's still encouraging no matter what. Hopefully it gets somewhere.
0: Yeah, hopefully (laughs) this comes in a way that benefits the most people who aren't already making billions of dollars. Right. God, just fucking crazy.
1: Yeah. This is repeat too. Just like, you know, once again, this probably could have been done ages ago.
0: Months ago. (laughs)
1: Yeah. At the very
0: at the latest you could have done this months ago. Yeah. There have been some delays. Mm-hmm. Disney has started pushing some more stuff back. Oh boy. Snow White, the live action one that's starring Rachel Zegler and Gal Godot, is <laughs> uh <clears throat> yeah, she's the evil queen.
1: What okay. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I figured as much for Rachel Zegler, but it's like, Gal Gadot could probably also be Snow White, and it would probably work. <laughs> well, I'm gonna leave the joke alone. Uh, <laughs> <All right. laughs>
0: the movie has been pushed back from March 22, 2024, to March twenty fifth, 2025. Wow. Yeah, basically a whole year.
1: Yeah, that's a, that's a big push.
0: They also released a teaser image, and I am, uh... I am not liking this. I'm going to share this with you. Because apparently Alrighty. the dwarves are all CGI.
1: They're all CGI? Oh, huh. <laughs> <laughs> great look. Uh, oh, no. I, uh, maybe, maybe it's better
0: in motion. Maybe they'll touch it up across the next year. <laughs> but I doubt it.
1: Uh oh! I could make so many. I could make a lot of jokes. I'm not going to because I'm pretty sure I already trashed enough of my reputation in the previous episode. Uh. <laughs> We're showing blood
0: honey to fourth graders.
1: <laughs> uh. All right, <laughs> that's good to hear.
2: I Pixar's
0: Elio has also been pushed back. It was supposed to come out March first, 2024. Which why would you release two big Disney movies within three weeks of each other? Mm. What is this insanity? Anyways, it's been pushed back to June 13th, 2025. Okay. Magazine Dreams has been removed from the December 2023 calendar. However, that's probably not because of the strike, that's because it was starring Jonathan Majors. Uh,
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> Who, minor update a judge uh, denied the motion to dismiss the claim, and uh, trial is set to go November 29th. We'll just have to see how that proceeds and what else comes forward. Because I want this done.
1: Yeah, I tell you now that's the one where that would be the meme of like the guy just looking over at Disney and be like, "Hey, Disney, how it's how's it going?" Just pictures of Jonathan Majors just plastered everywhere. It's just like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: I would like I would like to not have to think about this anymore. It's unfair,
1: uh, completely And you'd fair. think
0: it would be easy. You'd think it'd be just stop thinking about it. But unfortunately, I'm too ingrained in the pop culture machine to not think about it. So, Right. Anyways. <laughs> no word on Deadpool 3 yet, but let's face it. It's getting pushed.
1: Oh, absolutely, at this it's,
0: point. It's moving. Yeah. It's moving and grooving. Right. Oh, hey, speaking of Rachel Zegler. Mm-hmm. Lionsgate has gotten a sag after interim agreement for The Hunger Games, The Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes, which means that the film's cast is now good to promote the movie if they want. Oh, okay.
1: The movie that opens in less than three weeks. (laughs) Hey guys, you're gonna learn about this crazy thing called Overtime.
0: (laughs) Hey, you know what movie's opening in less than two weeks and the studio didn't get an interim agreement for? Shooting it in the foot? The Marvels.
1: Oh, crap. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah, it's not looking good box office-wise. and No, yeah. A lot of people are calling, you know, the usual thing, like, it's, uh, Cap Marvel sucks or whatever. It's like, no, guys, it's... You have very little idea how much actor promotion goes towards these things. And what right. a difference it makes. Especially because... You had Marvel superfan Iman Vellani on the cast for her first major MCU production, and you couldn't have her promote the movie. (laughs) That alone probably cost you at least 100 mil.
2: Yeah, for real.
0: I'm putting it down. I'm, I'm stamping my bet. It cost you at least 100 mil that you couldn't have Iman Vellani talking about how great this movie is. Right. We still gotta get our tickets.
1: Yeah, we do. We should probably take care of that. At some we're proud point. of the problem because they're
0: reporting on how dismal the pre-sales are. It's like, yeah, we're not helping, but to be fair, I've been busy. Yeah, same. Live events don't put themselves together.
1: Cars. Cars indeed. Cars indeed. Let's go to trailer time. All right, let's do trailer time.
0: It's trailer time. It's very short. <laughs> I found one trailer this week. That was for an actual theatrical movie, and that I mean i I could have I could have sprung good burger on us, but I just didn't I didn't feel like doing that to you, yeah no, I know how much you didn't like having to watch the first trailer it
1: i doesn't i not still don't know if that even counts as a trailer <laughs> yeah well still mm.
0: so uh the trailer we saw was for Lisa Frankenstein,
1: yes, which this is one of those ones where I kind of like. I, I might have to rewatch the trailer just to get a better appreciation of it. But this is one of those one of those ones where I'm like, I don't think this movie's gonna be exactly like light the world on fire, but it looks like a great time. <laughs> it looks
0: very quirky
1: and entertaining. Yeah. Yeah, like like quirky is an understatement.
0: <laughs> it's Tim Burton esque.
2: Oh yeah. At it
0: least really in terms so. of subject matter, I guess not not in set design, but you know what? Mm-hmm. Sometimes Tim Burton goes a little crazy with the set design, so. Right. Honestly, this is kind of, kind of perfect.
1: No, this was one that I honestly thought is like, is this a movie that's like coming out relatively soon that I just completely missed or something like that? And it's like, Valentine's oh no, this Day. comes. On... Yeah, it's like well, the week of Valentine's Day because it comes off on, comes out on the ninth, so it's just like, oh, oh, okay, you know what? That still works.
0: <laughs> yeah, so uh, it's a movie where. A girl creates a perfect boyfriend, out of body parts. And he's played by Zach and or Cody of of Sweet Life fame. I'm not sure yes. which one. I can never remember. <laughs> I, I did not watch much of that show, case in point. It only just occurred to me today that London Tipton is a send-up of Paris Hilton.
1: <laughs> that still is very funny to me. That took you, like, I know you said you didn't watch a lot of the show, but it's like, oh, it only took, like, what, 14 years, something like that? Right,
0: because I, I know I know what her name was. Mm-hmm. And I know her, her dad owns the hotel, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, her dad owns the hotel, who I okay. don't think we ever see the... To my knowledge, we never see the dad during the entire course of the show.
0: Paris Hilton's dad probably threatened to see what they did.
1: It, <laughs> yeah, that does make sense, actually. And then I also, I looked it up, it is indeed Cole Sprouse.
0: Okay, so, I don't, that... I don't, that doesn't answer my question.
1: No, it doesn't. Let
0: It me... <laughs> doesn't tell me which one he was. He no, it tells was... me which one he is.
1: He was Cody.
0: Okay, and then he is a kindred yeah. spirit, and for that he <laughs> has my respect. <laughs> no, this looks, this looks really funny, and also, like,
1: mm-hmm. it's
0: that thing where I feel like it has the potential to be really annoying, but it doesn't seem like it will be. Right. And that's yeah, despite and... being written by Diablo Cody who was responsible for that absolutely atrocious Powerpuff Girls CW script. <laughs> My goodness. Right. I don't really got much else on that one.
1: No. I don't really I don't either. It looks it looks cute. It looks fun. I'm very curious about the scene where it's like the f- four girls are just going like ah! <laughs> and then one goes, "That's so cute." And then all f- the other three of those are like, "The fuck is wrong with you?" <laughs>
0: like, yeah, that, just... that's a weird one. Yeah, <laughs> that's a little weird. I like how it seems like almost everybody else is normal, and she's just prancing around in like full gothic
1: dress. Mm-hmm. So that's funny. Yeah, it's like, oh, I hope this whole goth thing is just a phase. It's like skipping it around will... through a graveyard. Yeah, it's like, yeah, well, she just like. Her boyfriend literally came from the dead, so I've got bad news for you, ma'am. <laughs> yep. Let's talk box office. Oh, boy. We
0: did, I don't think it's a surprise, see the highest grossing movie this weekend. <laughs>
1: uh, I actually, so I looked this up after, I'm sure it's a bigger number now, but I looked it up after we got out of the theater, and I was disgusted.
0: <laughs> yeah, it, it was five nights at Fred Fred Burgers, they made... Eighty million dollars domestically this weekend and
1: in total uh, in- <laughs> Sorry
0: sitting at $132.6 million worldwide.
1: Sorry about that. Nah, that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> uh, God almighty. Okay.
0: <laughs> uh, second place should also probably not be a surprise. It was Taylor Swift, the Eras Tour, fifteen point mm. four million dollar domestic weekend, hundred and fifty million domestic total, two hundred three point three million dollars worldwide. Right. Third place, Killers of the Flower Moon, with no intermission, nine point three million dollars domestic <laughs> weekend. Glad you like that one. Forty point nine million dollars domestic total. Eighty four point nine million worldwide total.
2: Mm.
0: Fourth place, After Death, which I guess is some kind of religious movie that's like uh, what happens after we die or whatever. Oh boy. Five million dollars.
1: Oh, just $5 million. Yep, that's
0: his domestic weekend in total. No worldwide information. I doubt it got one. Hmm. And in fifth place, uh, continuing to infuriate and confound me, Exorcist Believer. (laughs) $2.3 million domestic weekend, $59.5 million domestic total, $120.6 million worldwide. Oh, boy. So, Five Nights at Alfredo is gonna kill it? Right. But it still made its money back, so we're still gonna have to sit through more of these.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, it. When I checked it after the theater, it was almost at forty mil, so it's just like, ah, crap. It's actually gonna make a profit. <laughs> and
0: I'm in a, I'm in kind of a weird spot where I feel like Five Nights at Freddy's
2: mm-hmm.
0: is a better movie than The Exorcist Believer, technically.
1: I mean, I believe it. But hey there!
0: I... Sorry. Ah. <laughs> waka waka.
1: That was that one was completely by accident.
0: Oh man. <laughs> but I'm also in a weird spot where I didn't hate Five Nights at Freddy's, but I also feel like a better version of this movie already exists, and it's called Willy's Wonderland. And I'm not just saying that because it stars Nicolas Cage. <laughs> But that is a factor.
1: If that is a factor. No, I can kind of get to behind that, because for me, this was a movie where I didn't, so this movie to me was not as bad as I thought it was going to be, but I was talking about it with somebody at work, and what we both kind of agree to is that this movie's rated PG-13. And it hurts it. Yeah, it's like, if the movie either fully committed to either the PG or the 13 side, it would have been better probably in either scenario. But they tried to do the whole thing of like straddling the line. And I feel like in that aspect, a lot was left up was left on the table because of that.
0: And it's so weird, because you know they did it because a lot of five-year-olds are in a Five Nights at Freddy's, which,
2: why?!
1: Which is so insane. Again, that, that's actually what started the conversation, because I asked uh, the I same person I at work. Yeah, <laughs> good job. No, I was just like, so how many, because like we had an insane amount of little kids in our showing, and the person I talked to had the same thing. And it's one of those things where it's like, I understand why it's popular with kids, mostly in the character design. Like, the character design, with it being all colorful and all that, I can easily see why that appeals. But I barely have a running knowledge of Five Nights at Freddy's as a whole, including its apparently insane lore. But the little bit I know goes, no, no, this is not something you put around small children. At all.
0: <laughs> no, but they already find out about it because they're busy watching Markiplier play YouTube videos of it, and then they tell their parents and bug their parents for it, and the parents are just like, yeah, all right, and by the time they find out it's about child murders, it's too late.
1: Yeah, it's just the, oh my god. Man, it's, man it just reminds, crop caveat, it reminds me of the time I had a, I had a customer once who asked me, he's like, so my kid likes shooters, it's like, okay. Hells. Do you think mafia, oh, I think she said it was like eleven. Oh, and it's God. like he's been talking about Mafia Free. Should I get that for him? He's like, "No." <laughs> no. <laughs> it's like, "Why?" It's like, "You didn't like look into the game?" <laughs> and I explained like what the like the reasons I said no. She's like, "Oh, so that wouldn't be good for an 11-year-old." I's like, "No, ma'am, it would not."
0: <laughs> I mean, first of all, it's called Mafia. What do you think they do?
1: Yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ. But, yeah, it's just the thing of, like, I I don't want to, like, get... Especially since I don't have children of my own. Hell, I'm only really an uncle. But, like, I don't want to, like, tell people how to parent their kids or anything like that. But it is one of those things where it's, like, it astounds me, like, how popular it is with small children. If you spend, like, I don't know, half an hour, like, if that, just looking more into, like, the story and the details, especially with the later games. It's, like, no... (laughs) That's <laughs> not something you put around little kids. <laughs> no. Back to the movie, though. I will say, yes. to its credit...
2: hmm
0: Aesthetically speaking, it's oh, very yeah. faithful it's... to the games.
1: You know what? Again, so, someone who has little running overall running knowledge of the games and all that, I did dig the aesthetics overall. Also, they use like... actual animatronics. Do they really? Yeah, those aren't CGI. Those are real. Okay, yeah, because I was thinking it was like the those were all a mix of like either really top dollar CGI with occasional scenes of actors actually being in the in the suits but it's like okay if those are actual animatronics that's extremely well done then
0: I think the I think the Jim Henson shop or something was was the ones who did that which explains it
1: Okay yeah <laughs> <laughs> I can't
0: remember the exact name of the... Jim Henson's Creature Shop were the ones working on the animatronics
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's, that makes yes. sense. <laughs>
0: um, But I feel like, tonally speaking, it's very tame.
1: Yeah, it's tame for the most part. Well, I don't know. It's like, overall it is tame, but it's one of those things where I feel like it tries at a couple points to get out of the tame. But it's too late. But it's too late. Either that or the moments that it tries to... Um, break out of it, either are, like don't last long enough for it to have a good lasting effect. Like There's a couple examples that spring to the mind of that, but it would be a little bit spoilery to talk about them right now.
0: Wow, literally my first note was this is going to be a tame fucking movie, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember
1: what prompted that, but mm-hmm. boy
0: howdy, I should have bought a lottery ticket right
1: after. <laughs> Does it kind of spoil it a little bit to say like I was expecting it To be like how Mithrigan is, especially since it's directed by the same person who did Mithrigan, where the kills aren't explicitly shown, but they do enough for your brain and imagination to fill in all the unfortunate details. It's not the same person who directed Mithrigan. Isn't it? No. Oh, I
0: thought it was. No, it's the same production company because it's Blumhouse. Oh, okay. Completely different, completely different otherwise, though.
1: Uh, okay, then then we send it, then.
0: Yeah. But no, but Megan's a little more what I was expecting, and even that- No, actually, you know what? I was kind of expecting harder than Megan. Hmm. Because, literally, the whole thing is murdered children haunting animatronics, so-
1: <laughs> Yeah, which is just, by default, fucked up and depraved, so you and, only can really go up from there.
0: <laughs> yeah, but the movie's, like,
1: barely scary. Mm -hmm. Which is crazy. I mean, I don't know. There's, It's not, yeah, overall it's not that scary. There's a couple, I will say there were a couple jump scares that got me and I got annoyed very quickly because I realized like, oh god, this is a running gag, isn't it?
0: (laughs) I don't really think anything got me.
2: Mm.
1: I'm
0: I'm struggling really hard and I don't think anything really like there were a couple moments I was unnerved or a couple moments where I saw what was coming and was like, oh no.
1: But, yeah. I mean, I was kind of in the same boat there, too, because the movie does telegraph some of some of those moments, too. It's like, alright, well, bad shit's about to happen. Strap in.
0: <laughs> yeah. Also, um, the characters kind of suck, most of them.
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like, honestly, yeah, all of the characters. I think even with, with the exception of Abby, all of the main characters are not great.
0: Abby's fine. And her
1: Piper Rubio,
0: her actress, mm-hmm. is probably one of the best actors in this movie.
1: Honestly, yeah. Like, <laughs> I don't know what it says, but I felt like all the actual, or at least the majority of the child actors did a better job and were more entertaining to watch than the than the adult actors in this movie.
0: Yeah, because Matt, Matthew Lillard is good. Mm-hmm. But otherwise, you've got you've got Aunt Jane, who's just this, like, Saturday morning cartoon villain of an aunt. right. Just so over-the-top
1: sugary malice fake. Honestly, when sh- her scene is first shown in the movie, and and we are introduced to how much of a piece, she, piece of shit she is, at a certain point part of my brain went, hey, I've seen that Hanna-Barbera cartoon before.
0: <laughs> uh- <laughs> <laughs> you've got you got Vanessa, played by Elizabeth Lale, who's just kind of all over the place, depending on whatever the script needs at that moment. Mm-hmm. And then you got Josh Hutcherson, who is taking the movie way more seriously than anyone else. And it's <laughs> kind of to his detriment, because yeah, his yeah. character's kind of awful and could do with some levity. I mean, don't get me wrong, he is not the worst person in this movie, and he's trying. But Yeah, no. Somehow the fact that he acknowledges he is not great makes the moments where he fucks up
1: worse. (laughs) Yeah, it's like, um, there's definitely moments where, like, I agree with Josh Hutcherson, like, trying, I'd say trying the hardest. I feel like he's very much someone who's like, alright, I'm not given a lot to work with here, I've just gotta do the best I can. And... At a certain point at certain points I'm just kinda of like, you know what? I can I can kinda of sympathize with you. Um but for the majority of it otherwise his character is not the greatest.
0: Nah. And it's especially frustrating in the sense of you can feel where some of the other people, like Aunt Jane, were inserted just to make Mike look better, and instead it just kinda of makes the movie more frustrating. Hmm. I will give it some credit. I set two auto-fail conditions for the movie. It did not (laughs) fail on either of those counts. Okay. It passed both of them. I'll get into what they are in the spoiler section, even though I feel like one of them is not really a spoiler at all. (laughs) But there's that. Uh, There were some cameos in this.
1: There were apparently like three cameos?
0: Uh, Two. One was planned and didn't happen. Oh, okay. At least, as far as I know. Fair. Yeah. Uh, Matt Pat's in it.
2: Mm-hmm. Corey
0: Kenshin is in it. Right. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna get it. Well, like Corey Kenshin's in the trailers. He's the cab driver.
1: Yeah, he's he's shown very quickly.
0: <laughs> but uh, I'll get the Matt Pat's in in spoilers. God, like I'm glad I didn't recognize him. <laughs> and funny enough, funny enough, I found I realized I did catch on. Hmm. And I ended up making a MatPat reference to myself at the point when he shows up without realizing it was him.
1: <laughs> nice. Which is
0: spectacular.
1: I see, is that good or is that frustrating?
0: Uh, it's a, it's kind of frustrating because now I feel like I've been <laughs> subconsciously manipulated.
1: You know what? That's understandable. I've
0: been subliminal messaged.
1: <laughs> I I read a thing where um. Of someone who was like in like watching it, and they said that apparently when Matt Pat showed up, their studio just like, just like get one of crazy applause, and they're just like, I don't understand what's going on right now. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds about right. Yeah. Let's see.
0: Let's see what else. What else? Some good music. What they 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 loop one song a lot is "Talking in Your Sleep" by the Romantics, and I kind of mm. can't help but wonder if somebody heard that song. On the radio or something, and then just based Mike's entire plot around it. I mean, that would track. It's so on the nose.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Or maybe they wrote it out and then heard the song, and then they were like, oh, this fits perfectly, we gotta get it.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I was really expecting more scares out of this.
1: Yeah, I was expecting more scares, and generally speaking, like more actual like, full-on horror. Not a... Felt like the movie didn't want to commit too hard to that.
0: Yeah, and there's some moments as somebody who's not a huge Fazbear enthusiast,
2: <laughs>
0: where the movie kind of shoots itself in the foot just to make a nod to the games. I'll get into something right. more in spoiler sections, but in some places it just feels telegraphed, like oh, you know they're doing this because of this, or because they're incompetent, because otherwise it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was kind of cute how one of the first things they open on is an alarm clock saying 6 a.m.
2: Because mm.
0: that's how long you have to last until in the first game.
1: Oh, is it? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. I thought it was just a set time, honestly. I remember... You know what's funny is I remember watching a playthrough, Markiplier's playthrough of the first game when it first came out, but... I, I don't remember a lot of details about it. <laughs> yeah,
0: and that was, that was nine years ago.
1: Yeah. Jesus. Oh, Jesus Christ. Right?
0: But, oh, you know, I just realized we never really, like, discussed the plot, so... (laughs) I don't know, odds are you're familiar with the Five Nights at Freddy game, and if you're not, uh, security guard babysits a pizzeria full of haunted animatronics and has to survive the night.
1: Hilarity ensues.
0: This time they gave it a plot, and they gave him a character motivation, and it's kind of paper thin, but...
1: But it is there.
0: It's there. It's there. It's uh, a case of... Stuck looking after his little sister, has to get a job because he has a hard time keeping a job because he's got PTSD from when his little brother got kidnapped when he was younger and it tore his whole family apart and he feels responsible for it and like he has to catch the guy. So he ends up taking this job because it's kind of a last shot that he's got before potentially having to give up his little sister to their aunt, who is a total bitch, by the way.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And uh yeah, animatronics are haunted there's a bigger mystery going on and it's all very predictable. Right. That's it.
1: Yeah. <laughs> See, I don't really have anything else to to go into.
0: I <sighs> If if you're a fan of Five Nights at Freddy's, yeah, I guess it's worth watching, but again, there's already a better version of this movie out there. Yeah. And it came out when did that one come out? Hold on a second. Mhm. 2 years ago. Yeah, Willy's Wonderland beat him to the punch by two years. Okay, actually two and a half. It came out in February.
2: <laughs> okay.
1: <laughs>
0: so I mean, yeah, if if you're a fan, it,
1: yeah, if you're a fan of the games, sure. Otherwise, on its own, yeah, on its own, probably not.
0: It's not. It, there's not even really enough scares in it for me to say it's worth it as a horror movie. Come to think of yeah, it, yeah,
1: no, no, it's it's. I mean, it's not. It's it's fan service. It is an hour and a half of fan service. It basically.
0: might also be worth it to admire the production, des- the costumes and the set design and the animatronics.
1: You know what? That's fair. That is a fair, a fair recommendation on its own.
0: Because aesthetically speaking, perfect. Top top notch. Perfect. If only the writing did it justice. Mm. So, if you don't want to get spoiled on uh, Five Nights at at Fibonacci's. Make sure to click away in three, two, one.
1: It's just a theory. <laughs> Thunderous applause. <laughs> Thunderous fucking applause. Yeah, so uh, uh, like if that happened, I would have been so completely lost in our theater. was <laughs> just like, who the fuck is this? <laughs>
0: you know, I'm glad it didn't happen because that would have clued me in that it was Matt
1: Pat. Mm. And
0: then I would have gotten mad because I hate game theory. <laughs> Well, Alrighty. I hate the whole theorist channel. Honestly, the whole shtick, because most mm. of his most of his guesses are just like the most unsubstantiated, off the wall,est bullshit ever. Right. As soon as he made the one about Peach and Luigi being Rosalina's parents, and therefore Peach being dead because time travel or something, it's like, bro, I'm sorry, <laughs> not as sorry as I am for having indulged <laughs> any
1: of that. That's uh that that's a that's a hot one. And not in a good no, way. No,
0: it's it's cold. It's actually yeah. it's 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 frozen turkey dinner solid.
1: Alright then.
0: But I forget where I was <laughs> going with this. Uh no, so he's 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 a waiter at a diner, and there's a whole joke about lunch is the most important meal of the day. I thought that was breakfast. It's just a theory. And then not realizing it was him, I just wrote down a meal theory. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Oh, that's that's actually pretty great. That's even better with context, Cody.
0: <laughs> right, the, the time I made a Matt Pat reference without realizing I was staring Matt Pat directly in the face. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I also um, have here five nights at Freddy Krueger's because apparently the kids' ghosts are all Dreamwalkers.
1: Yeah, I was honestly hoping for more explanation about that. It's like, all right, I. I I know the answer is oh it's supernatural, which is still kind of lazy. But I would genuinely love to know how the fuck they're doing this.
0: <laughs> no, you see, they hear the secrets that he keeps while he's talking in his sleep. That's bullshit. That's the song.
1: <laughs> it's still bullshit.
0: <laughs> uh so I- immediately the I- Mike does not endear himself because he gets fired from his security guard job because. He sees somebody dragging off a kid.
1: In a very chasing, aggressive
0: manner. In, an, in a decently aggressive manner. Chases him down, and then without, like, any attempt to sort out what's actually going on first, or without actually stopping the guy, tackles him into a fountain and starts beating the shit out of him. Turns out, he beat the shit out of a guy who was, who was collecting his own kid. hmm And he goes, and he tries to brush it off, but that's a misunderstanding. And I wrote here... Making an accusation is a misunderstanding. Beating a guy up is dipshittery. Yeah.
1: <laughs> would have been the only thing that would have made it like slightly saveable if someone started playing World Star on their phone during the fight.
0: <laughs> Once you find out that Mike's younger brother got kidnapped when he was a kid, it immediately kind of gives away one thing that was apparently supposed to be a twist, but I can't fucking believe it, which is that Matthew Lill- Lillard is playing the bad guy. So- <laughs> that was one of my auto-fail conditions. I'm like, if Matthew Lillard isn't actually the bad guy, this movie is automatically a dismal, utter failure, and I cannot recommend mm. it under
1: any circumstances.
0: They did not disappoint.
1: Yeah, and it's it's funny because it's one of those things where, again, it's the twist at the end of the movie, but it's like they kind of telegraphed a little bit hard. All they, did, they did do one clever thing with Matthew Lillard because in the beginning of the movie, he's introduced as Mike's career counselor, and he's just... Giving him shit, yeah. And then he's like, as he's giving him shit, it's like, it is like, what am I supposed to do for you, Mike? And enforcing his last name, he just pauses and has a complete like tonal change.
0: Right, because Be- w- once you realize Mike's brother went missing, you realize that's him realizing, oh, this is the guy whose brother I nabbed,
1: yeah, and yeah. killed. Yeah. So turns out it's like, yeah, he is the guy who like kidnapped the kids and killed them, and. <laughs> Again, like, one of my favorite things after any movie is to look up what other people say about it. I know that's not exactly great for forming opinions, but it is funny sometimes. And one of my favorite responses, like, on, like, the movie subreddit was someone saying, it's like, What? Matthew Lillard's the surprise killer at the end of the movie? Say it ain't so.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's never happened before, Stares and Scream. Yeah. <laughs> but he's just so damn good at it.
1: Yeah, yes, he is. Shaggy has gone to the dark side, and he's very good for it. <laughs> dark
0: Shaggy strikes again, Rutro. And... Rutro, <laughs> how's the pay? Not great, but the hours are worse.
1: <laughs> Man, if that's not one of the most relatable lines I've ever heard in a movie,
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh, that hurt.
1: <laughs> that did hurt. It's that like hurt I, so I li- bad. Now I like my job, but it's one of those things where it's like I identify with that just from being a working adult.
0: <laughs> yeah. Let's see. Oh, the other auto fail condition was if the aunt doesn't die, and the movie didn't <laughs> let me down there either because Golden Freddy fucking kills her.
1: Yeah, and then just it's a thing of like, okay, how are you going to explain this to to Abby? It's like, and then the spirit that is occupying Golden Freddy is just like, oh, she's asleep. Do you want to come play? And it and never like, gets
0: resolved. It never gets no, resolved. It the end of the movie is supposed to have a nominally happy ending where Mike and where Mike's looking after Abby and they're both happy now. It's like. What happens when your aunt's corpse is discovered in your
1: house? Part of my head, headcanon wants to think that the both of them hid her body.
0: <laughs> in one of the animatronics?
1: This, she, 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 sure. She
0: is Springtrap now.
1: Yeah. Oh, speaking of which, um, just because it reminded me of it, I talked a little bit earlier about how this movie doesn't seem to want to um, commit to either being like PG or PG-13. Because it's like, there's a bit, partway through the movie, because the aunt's plan is to try and get Mike fired from his job and, so that she can take custody of Abby. And the reason why she's trying to take custody of Abby is to get, like, the monthly checks from the state. Oh, boy, big whoop. Um, Which clearly don't amount to a lot. Yeah, no, it's just one of those things where it's like, man, if that's not one of the most, like, cookie-cutter antagonistic motives ever. But that's neither here nor there. Um, During the bit where she hires a group of, like, ne'er-do-wells, including the woman who actually regularly watches Abby to go into Freddy Fazbears and vandalize it, um, off-hours, off which... D- uh, not gonna get deep into that, but that seems just, like, silly no, to be responsible for that. No, no, you know what?
0: Let's get into it! That's a stupid fucking plan, because <laughs> it's off-hours! Yeah. He's not on duty at that point. I mean, I guess maybe he left the door open because yeah, if he left it the door him a open, and, about
1: it. yeah, if he left the door open, it's like okay, you know what? I can understand that. That's one thing. But, but also, otherwise, I don't know. Hmm, yeah, but anyway, like they start breaking in and breaking stuff. The animatronics come to life. So we see Foxy do their sprints, but we don't see the explicit kill. We see is the little cupcake thing just actually just called cupcake? I have no idea what the cupcake is called. Okay, the cupcake that's with Chica actually goes over after one person and just starts biting up their face and all that. Again, as far as I remember, we don't explicitly see the kill. It's like, alright, well, you know, this is whatever and all that. I probably knew that there were going to be a bunch of kids. And then, finally, at the end, Freddy... Or Freddy's spirit, more accurately, lures the babysitter into a trap where she... This, it, she sees the kid running f- through and chases after it, trying to figure out what's going on, and then gets lured to Freddy. And then basically, the kid reaches up from Freddy's mouth, grabs her, pulls her halfway into the animatronic, and then chomps her in half. And we actually see her legs, like, get split off in half and hit the floor. And it's just like, okay, that's a lot more explicit, immediately cuts to the next thing. It's like, which is Some it? of a bitch! <laughs> what? This was just getting good! Yeah, it's like straight up, I was just like, oh, come on! You... <laughs> it's like, man, just, like, you You went hard-boiled into it, and I, I'll be honest, part of my evil brain was kind of thinking, it's like, yeah, it's not a good idea to take your kids to this now, is it? <laughs> As mean as that is, she's one of those things where it's like, I'm imagining everybody's like, all right, there's got to be at least one parent who saw this just like, yeah, this was a mistake. <laughs> but um, but yeah, it's like, all right, so you could have gone more with that, but I guess we're not going to, because the next scene over is Vanessa confronting Mike about it and just him giving a whole heartfelt thing about his PTSD, basically. You know, Which... I feel
0: like the worst thing about it is the fact that that's probably the scariest thing in the whole movie. And the trailers Mm -hmm. already gave away the setup. Right. Because they already gave us the bit where she goes peering into Freddy's animatronic suit and then a hand reaches out.
1: Mm
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Huh. Even Springtrap's death... Well, okay, William Apton's death isn't as (laughs) gruesome as you'd expect. Right. Like, it's, it's a little hard to watch, but Mostly, uh, you're just busy being surprised he hasn't died yet, and then he drops the I always come back line, which I guess is supposed to be a thing, but I'm pretty yeah, sure I he said like that his... in the third game, but here, what does that mean? He hasn't come back yet. Come back from
1: what? Yeah, like, he never got caught this entire time.
0: Yeah. Is it, I'm gonna keep, I'm gonna, is it? Is that just supposed to be, I'm gonna keep killing kids?
1: See, what I was expecting when he says that, because right after that, he also puts the um, the bunny ha- head back on him. I was expecting it to be a thing where you see, like, basically the bunny head, like, take over and it's just like you see blood gushing out. Like, that's what I was fully expecting. And I'm like, oh, we're not getting that? Oh, well, that kind of blows. Yeah, now,
0: <laughs> I, I, I understand the context is intended to be, you know, he probably had the idea of, ah, since the since I stuffed all these kids in animatronic suits and they're haunting them, I can do the same thing. So if I die in this suit, I'll come back and haunt it. So I get back, mm. but mm-hmm. always come back implies you've done it before. Yeah. So no, nah, it doesn't. Line doesn't track. Line don't make sense. It's just there to be like, ooh, a reference.
1: Also, it's a thing too, and again, another thing that was annoyed that they didn't really go deep into. They say in the movie that he's able to control, like, those kids while they're in the animatronics and all that, but it's never really stated how, as far as I remember? Nah, no, it's not. Yeah, and that's the thing, like, no, I'm sorry, I do actually very much need the answer to this question. (laughs) I guess, yeah, I don't know, because, like,
0: they can also apparently, it seems like he's controlling them sometimes, and other times he just has influence. Because apparently he's manipulated them into not remembering that he's the one who killed them. And Abby manages to get him basically killed by reminding them of the truth of the crudely drawn picture. Yeah. (laughs) Which I guess was foreshadowed, but not the greatest.
1: Kind of a, a minor thing. A relatively minor thing that also talks about the whole tonal shift, too. This is the last thing that comes into my mind that I remember sticking out. Was when... Mike is woken up from one of his dreams. Because at some point he takes Abby to the restaurant to stay with her after the babysitter gets killed. Not that he knows she's dead. Not that he knows she's dead, yeah. She comes across, or starts more accurately playing with the animatronics. And he thinks that they're about to kill her. And she's like, oh, they're tickling me. Mike, this is everybody. And the movie just kind of accepts it. But not before Freddy like kind of charges up at Mike and sizes him up. And then Abby explains, like, no, this is my brother, and then he calms down. As he's like staring him down while Mike as Freddy is staring down Mike while he looks around, in my brain I'm just imagining Freddie going, like, You a cop? <laughs> <laughs> she is going to Vanessa. Yes, yeah, like he's just like it's like you got that good shit. <laughs> oh man, you
0: gotta tell me if you're a cop.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I see that badge. (laughs) It's just like, I could not take seriously any of that. And I kind of hated how it's like, yeah, these are, this is everybody. I talked to them and they listened to me. It's like, no, you can't just drop that and have me accept it out of nowhere. Like, sorry, but that's not how this works in this household.
0: That was pretty good. Mm -hmm. The, uh, I think the last thing I got is I want to talk about a Markiplier cameo was planned, but apparently do... Yeah, due to Iron Lung, uh, there were scheduling Mm -hmm. conflicts, so he wasn't able to make it. But, apparently, he was originally going to be the first security guard, the one who bites it at the start of the movie.
1: Oh, that would have actually been really cool!
0: (laughs) Uh, I'm going to offer a dissenting opinion, I'm glad they didn't do that,
2: because
0: Mm -hmm. I don't know that I would have been able to take the rest of the movie seriously if it had Mm. Open, if, the, if the prologue had ended with Markiplier doing his scream while he's about to be killed. That would have been just too fucking ridiculous and I wouldn't have been able to get, I, I wouldn't have gotten over it.
1: You know what, that's fair. I can agree it, to that.
0: A <laughs> step too far It would have been like I absolutely believe he should have some kind of cameo in these, hopefully for the sequel they'll be able to get him. Just nothing that requires him being killed and screaming.
1: Hmm. Yeah, that's fair.
0: I'd take a, hello everybody, before then. (laughs) I think that about wraps it
1: up. Yeah, I'd say so.
0: Alright. So, thanks so much for listening, everybody. Make sure to like, comment, subscribe, share it around, you know, whatever you feel like doing.
1: Yes, indeed.
0: You don't have to do any of it, but it helps. We're also on (laughs) TikTok, Google Podcasts, Spotify, that sort of thing. I should probably expand into some other stuff. Next week, uh it looks like we got two options based on the coming soon show times that I'm getting.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: We either got Priscilla Right. Or we have got What Happens Later. And I don't uh, remember
1: what, what either of those are.
0: <laughs> Priscilla's the one that's about Priscilla and Elvis Presley.
1: Oh, okay.
0: And I think it's directed by Sofia Coppola, and it's being distributed by A24, but also it seems kind of profoundly uncomfortable, but they seem to be trying to portray it like it's not, which is weird. Right. And uh, let me just let me just read you the synopsis, the brief synopsis for what happens later. Willa and Bill are ex-lovers that will see each other for the first time in years when they both find themselves snowed in in transit at an airport overnight. Meet. Yeah, so I'm actually kind of hard up here, because I like A24 stuff, but Priscilla does not seem like my cup of tea with what it seems to be aiming for. I don't know. Maybe it's... I don't don't know. I guess maybe I'll watch it and find out. Or maybe maybe this will be one where I try to watch both movies, even though I don't really know that I feel like either of them. Hmm. Sometimes that's how you see the really good shit. You get taken by surprise. You see something where it's like this didn't catch my interest, but you know what? I'm glad I sat down and saw it. Elvis and Nixon was that. Ah, uh, fair. <laughs> yeah. Oh God, that had Kevin Spacey in it. Well, that's kind of ruined now. Ah. But he was Nixon, so fuck him. It also had Michael Shannon though, so that kind of balances it out, you know. fair. Anyways, uh, that that's 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 much ado about nothing. And we'll figure out what we're doing <laughs> when we get to it. But uh, that's going to be a wrap on this week. This has been Under the Bridge with Cody, a.k.a. the Scarlet Troll. And
1: with Greg, a.k.a. Greg.
0: And we'll catch you guys next week.
1: Goodbye, everybody.
0: Bye! It's just a theory.
1: Oh my god!